This episode of the TSN MMA show contains coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. 2021 is here, and that means a lot of great interviews will be coming your way for the TSN MMA show. We've got the first edition of the year for you, and we were, you know, we're coming in with some style points. We've got Max Holloway, the former featherweight champion of the world, perhaps the greatest featherweight of all time, joining us on the show this week. You know, we didn't have Max with us in Canada this year. He's always very successful when he comes to the Great White North. Usually he's with us in December, not this time around, but he will be on Fight Island, a much hotter climate in the wintertime than it is up here in Canada. And he'll be taking on uh, another guest that we have this week, Calvin Cater. Calvin Cater joins the show to talk about uh, the biggest opportunity of his career, facing Max Holloway, one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Calvin Cater looking to etch his spot as one of the top contenders in the featherweight division, trying to take what is Max Holloway's, trying to be a title challenger for Alexander Volkanovsky. And while Volkanovsky is looking forward, he doesn't want to face Holloway for a third time, having beaten him twice. Looks like Brian Ortega is next. Calvin Cater can certainly make a big statement if he's able to beat Max Holloway. And Holloway can, of course, show that he still belongs at the top of the division. So uh, stakes are very high for the first main event of the year. And now they've announced that it's going to be on ABC in the U.S. So it's going to be on basic cable. The first time ABC has had combat sports in two decades on their air. It's a very momentous occasion and a great way to kick off the year of 2021 with UFC Fight Island. Also on the card, making his return to the cage after more than a two-plus year hiatus due to a a bevy of illnesses and and injuries. It's Santiago Ponzinibbio who will be taking on Li Jinglang, the leech. Jinglang taking the fight on uh, pretty short notice, a couple weeks notice, about three, four weeks notice, and uh, filling in for Muslim Salikov. And I speak to Santiago Ponzinibbio. He's very excited about getting to return to the octagon. And it's great to have him back in the octagon because uh, Ponzinibbio, a a phenomenal fighter who I've always really enjoyed watching, one of the most exciting fighters in the UFC. So without further ado, let's get to our guests. Let's start off with the man who says, when you're dealing with the best, the best is blessed. It's Max Blessed Holloway joining us on the TSN MMA show. And we'll follow that with interviews of Calvin Cater, Followed by Santiago Ponzinibbio. This is the TSN MMA Show interview edition, the first episode of 2021. Thank you for joining me and uh, enjoy. I'm now joined by Max Blessed Holloway. You know, December wasn't the same without having you in Canada. We missed you. I miss a December Canada any day, bro. Any day. I'm, uh, it's, uh, it's been a long time and the, uh, it's. I mean, you want to talk about the Toronto Raptors right now. It's uh, it's kind of bad. Yeah, the Knicks are doing well and the Raptors are doing poorly. So, you know, 2021 is not off to the kind of start that we were hoping for. Not, not, not at all. <laughs> well, your 2020 ended nicely. You got engaged, so congratulations to you. Uh, a lovely lady that uh, I'm sure you're very excited to have in your life. Yeah, yeah, we got engaged, got my fiance, and um, you know, with all these lockdowns that was going on, I was like, I better jump on this lockdown train and uh, lock her down, and uh, <laughs> somehow got her to say yes. So um, you know, the next step is actually making it official, official. So I can't wait. I'm not sure that's what they meant by lockdown, but I'm glad you interpreted it that way and it ended up being a good thing. So, Kelvin Cater, Fight Island, main event. Uh, very exciting fight for you. This is the first non-title fight you've had in how long? I can't remember the last non-title fight you've had. I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, it's still a five-rounder, so 
same smell, I guess. But uh, I just can't wait, you know. I can't wait to go out there. They just announced that it's on ABC. Um, we're going to be on national TV again, I think. So someone just told me that it's like 20-plus years or something since ABC had any type of combat sport live on 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 their uh, network so i'm excited to be the, to be the one to bring it and um and this is the time guys this is the time you're trying to get that special someone or someone or your friend or family member or someone that you know into mma make sure they tune in next week saturday i'm do something special just make sure they watch and uh, i'll do the rest for you yeah do you feel a, a deep responsibility there they're kind of putting it on your back for the main event Oh, not at all. Not at all. I can go out there, do what I do best, have fun, and uh, and um, I can't wait. You know, I I just I just can't wait, man. I can't wait. I can't. I missed I missed Octagon. You guys you guys all know I love fighting, and um, this is just uh, another fight. So I can't wait to do it. In terms of the last fight, I heard you talk to Brett Alcomodo, and you mentioned to him that even though it registers as a loss on your record, you still feel like, you know, it was a win for you because the community, the greater community of MMA believes that you won that fight. Uh-huh. Is, that, is that how you, that's how you look at that particular fight, that you, you still kind of feel like it was a win for you regardless? You know, like I said, you know, I, I can't, I said it before, I mean, I'll say it again, I can't, be, I can't be mad about that last fight, you know, like 80 to 90% of the people th- thought I win and, and it's not just fans. These guys are, are are coaches, you know. GSP coach for us, you know. Uh, Big John McCarthy, the guy who made the rules, pretty much. And then you got guys, you know, my competitors, you know, Dustin, Jorge, Justin, Nate, all these guys backing me, you know. So at the end of the day, it is what it was, you know. I I can't be too mad about it. He um, lived to fight another day, and um, we're on to the next. What did you do differently in that fight, do you feel like, uh, from the first fight? What, what was your biggest success in terms of uh, what you had done differently? I, I don't know. I just felt good. I felt, I, I felt on, you know. You can, you can see the experience. I mean, the biggest difference I did from that fight to that fight was not spar. That's probably the biggest difference. But uh, I just felt good. I felt like it was my night. And, um, you know, three other people added a... Uh, I had it another way, and, uh, you know, I can't be mad about it. So, at the end of the day, you know, um, it's on to the next fight. You know, we, we was waiting to see what, how the division moved, where it's going, and uh, we're here at Cater next week, Saturday, and uh, I can't wait for the opportunity. Now, be honest with me. Before that last fight, you said you barely trained. You met your coach at the airport. It was the first time you'd seen them in weeks. Was that just gamesmanship? No. No, it was the first time. It was the, it was the first time I saw him in a bit, you know, um, we we couldn't do nothing, you know. Lockdown in uh, the lockdown in um, in a way was was super strict, you know. And uh, I I drive a car that's not so blended handy. So if they if they saw me on the road and stuff, I'm pretty sure someone would have made an example of me. So I wasn't trying to risk nothing. I wasn't trying to risk my coach's uh, livelihood with their work and stuff. So we just did it smart. Now, I watched an interview with you today that you did with Tyron Woodley. You were talking about your background, your life, about how um, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of drugs, a lot of bad influences in your life. Um, you didn't have a father figure growing up. When you look at what you're able uh-huh. to provide for your son and, and what you're able to, uh, you know, the kind of stability that you've built in your life, is that the most important thing for you in, in terms of what the fight game has done for you? Uh, for sure. You know, for sure. When, uh, you know, my life, my life. It wasn't bad, but then it wasn't all good either. You know, um, 
I'm, I'm from a, in that Tyrone Woodley uh, interview. I'm from a small town in, uh, on the west side of Oahu called Waina. And um, I just always wanted to be better. I just wanted to be better. You know, I wanted to show we have so many talent there, too much talent, to be honest. And if I was to sit here and tell you guys that I was the best fighter from uh, Waina, Hawaii, I'd, I'd be dead lying to you guys' face. You know, there's... There's great fighters, great athletes, period, there. And they just get lost in the sauce, you know. And uh, I just wanted to prove that, uh, you know, if someone like me can make it out, why not you? What kept you from going to towards the, the dark part of uh, what was going on, I guess, wh where you were from? What kept you in the gym? What kept you working and not, um, you know, giving it any sort of temptations or, or any sort of peer pressure around you? I I just saw, I saw what drugs did to families. Uh, very close. I saw what drugs did to... Uh, to someone I loved very dearly and how it still affects that person very dearly to me to today. And I also saw just, like I what I said, athletes, you know, just like, there's a different breed over there where I'm from. There's, we have different breed of athletes and just to watch someone, you know, choose the wrong, the wrong road to go down the wrong road to throw away their, their stuff for what, you know, for what, you know, a lot of people are where we're from, High school is the pinnacle for them, you know, and I always told myself that's not going to be it, you know, the, the, this this island, not going, not only this island is going to know me, this world is going to know me, you know, with all this UFO and blah, blah, blah talk going on, you know, even outer world probably knows me. So at the end of the day, that's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I, I wanted to uh, prove that we can do it and, uh, you know, just, just show people that people from our side can, can make something or make a life for themselves. What were you like in high school? I'm curious what a, a, a young blessed was like. Man, I was, uh, I just kept to myself. I had a bunch of friends here and there. I was friends with kind of everyone, but I just kind of kept to myself. Uh, growing up, I wanted to be a baseball player. I told my, I told my, uh, my grandma that, and I remember the words. She told me that she don't have no money for, uh, for, um, for me to go to college. So I need a scholarship. So, I ended up I ended up graduating, uh, graduating high school with uh with cum laude, and uh, you know that's it because of that. But I found fighting at the age uh, of of tenth grade, the grade of tenth grade, and um, the rest is history. We're here. And how long did it take for you to know that you know your love for baseball could have be translated into fighting where you knew you were really good? this story if you've been following me for a while people heard this story already i trained three days for my first kickboxing match and uh it was like a last minute replacement i was been trained for three days and like last minute replacement they needed someone it was my weight uh my friend my good friend at the time was fighting and it was either take the fight and get in for free or or pay 35 dollars to watch my friends fight and i was like i'll just take the fight i'm getting for free get to watch my friends fight whatever and then ended up winning that fight and ended up, I remember going to the, I remember going, uh, going back to school and telling everybody, oh, I'm gonna be a K1 kickboxer after one fight because I just thought it was cool and was into K1. And then two years fast forward, that's when the whole BJ Penn era and stuff happened. And um, I was, and you hear the type of money that BJ was making at that time was like 30 G's. I, I remember thinking that was a lot of money, so I was like, I'm gonna be a UFC fighter. So it didn't, it didn't take too too long to figure it out. <laughs> How old were you when you met BJ Penn for the first time? I know, obviously, in Hawaii, he's like a, a legend, a, a, an icon there. Uh, however old was when I won the 
how old was I won when I when I went to Toronto the first time to fight Pettis. First time I ever met BJ Penn was after that. We did a we did a media tour together. Oh, so that was in Toronto. That was the uh, the interim title fight. Yeah. So after that, I came home and uh, I think so that was the same around the same time or before it was was after that or right before that fight. I forget what it was, but he was getting inducted in the Hall of Fame and I was and I did something. I, I think it was the title thing or whatever it was, or I was getting ready to title fight or something. But that's the first time I met him. I, the first time I met him, we. we we did a we did a tour together, a media tour together. Tell me what you know about Calvin Cater. Uh you know, uh the things I know about Calvin Cater is that uh you know he must be good, you know, he must be great actually because I I'm, I'm fighting him, you know, we get to be a, I get to share a cage with him come uh, next week Saturday and then a lot of people talk about his boxing, so and he's from Boston, so boxing in Boston is a good mix and um I can't wait, you know. Yeah. Some people like to say my boxing is up there with some with some of the greats, so I can't wait to go out there and see uh, see who's striking uh, gets it done come Saturday. Do you watch any tape on your opponents going in? I, I asked Calvin the same question about you, and he said, you know, I've watched some of Max's stuff. He didn't watch really much of your last fight, um, so I'm curious how much of his tape you've watched. I watch tape here and there. I'm not too crazy about it, you know. That's why I have coaches. You know, they tell me less. I like I like seeing stuff. To see stuff, but uh, you know, lately I haven't been really watching too much tape on uh, on my opponents. But I watch some here and there to get familiarized with it, and um, I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to go in there and, uh, and and do the thing. So two of your previous opponents are facing off uh, one week later. It's a uh, dozen Poirier, Conor McGregor in the main event. Now, if you fought Conor McGregor today, it would be a totally different fight, obviously, from the first time you fought him. I feel like it's the same with Poirier. I feel like Poirier that lost to Conor McGregor, is, it's almost a completely different fighter. Is that the way that you look at it? It's a totally different matchup, totally different set of circumstances. For sure. For sure. They, they, they've hold different fighters. They've both grown in, in, in amazing ways. And and it's a whole different fight class, you know. The both guys not sucking each other. They're not sucking uh, dry to get to a fight class anymore. They're at uh, what I like to say, comfortable weight class for both of them, and um, their skills is not the same. Their minds, the way they approach certain stuff, is just it's just not the same. So I can't wait. You know, I don't really watch too much fights, but, but that fight is uh, very intriguing, and uh, you know, I might tune in for it. Now, and finally, everybody had always talked about Max needs to move to 155. You know, he's a he's a big guy, big featherweight. Um, do you feel like having fought at 155 yeah. against Dustin that you want to stay at 145? But 145 is going to be your division for the foreseeable future. Um, we see what happens, you know. Like I said, bro, I've been calling out DC. I'm yet to hear him for the last man on planet, and that's all the way that heavyweight or super heavyweight, whatever way he wants it at. But don't, 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 don't call me out of ever anyway. You know, if if the UFC called me at 170, 185, whatever, whatever way it would be, uh, your boy's signing that contract and showing up. I'm a fighter, fighter man. I, my mentality, that's just my mentality. Like if you want to, if you want to be the best. You got to beat the best, and the best is blessed, baby. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, if you want to call yourself a modern-day warrior or gladiator, you know, on the on the old fighting batting field, they didn't, they didn't, fighting field, they didn't bring out a, they didn't bring out a scale and say, weigh yourself. And, and then if you are, oh, oh, you're 20 pounds heavier, maybe you can't fight. You know, that just didn't happen. So, at the end of the day, I, I'm just ready for whatever. You could weigh in at Hendo weight, 207, like when he fought Fedor. You could get up to 207, and then you got a heavyweight fight on your hands against DC. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> All right, well, we look forward to seeing. Let, let's not put the, the, the horse before the cart. You've got Calvin Cater ahead of you. 
coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, appreciate your time, uh, as always, Max, and uh, all the best to you. Canada wishes you a mahalo, and we, uh, we wish you could have had you here in December. Uh, I love you guys. I miss you guys, Canada. It was a weird December without you guys, but I love you guys. Stay safe, man. Hello. You know, a lot of supply chain issues in 2020 and cartels had a lot of trouble operating. However, the New England cartel had no problems operating. You have Calvin Cater, Rob Font's big return, Tyson Chartier getting a lot of consideration for Coach of the Year in 2020, even named Coach of the Year from some uh, outlets. Rightfully so. A great year for the New England cartel and Calvin Cater now headlining the first card of the year. It's going to be on ABC, basic cable, yourself, Max Holloway. When you find out that it was on ABC, is that exciting? Does that mean anything extra to you? I mean, it's always nice to have more eyes. As on the show, you know, it's always the same risks, but anytime you can uh, get more reward on the back end is a plus. So Max Holloway, you've been talking about this guy for months. I I've watched a bunch of interviews with you t uh, earlier today to prepare for this interview, and Max Holloway kept getting mentioned. This was before the fight was even booked. Why was this a big priority for you? Well, I mean, ma mainly he's the number one contender. Most people still consider him the champ. Uh, so a win over him puts you next in line, but... Also, the division's been at a standstill in the previous months, and he's like the only one that has, uh, has, hasn't had anything booked or lined up and that was available. So we thought it made the most sense, and uh, a lot of upside with this one, and we're excited. So with Max, do you feel like he won that last fight? I was getting in a workout. Uh, I was fighting that, that week myself on Fight Island. So it was, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of working out myself, but from what I saw... Um, I might have given him the nod, but I gotta re I gotta watch it again. I only saw it once, but yeah, so he he's right there, man. And if it ain't the champion, like he he's arguably one of the pound for pound best. He's right now he's number eight pound for pound in the UFC, and um, and arguably one of the best featherweights to ever compete. So uh, any chance you have a anytime you have a chance to go against a guy like that and add him to your resume is uh, is a great opportunity. Well, I will I will. Uh challenge you on something i don't think it's arguable that he's one of the greatest featherweights to ever compete i mean max holloway's resume is just absolutely unbelievable yeah but i mean if you look at the current champs it's pretty good too yeah absolutely uh you know so you don't watch tape of your opponent leading up to a fight then i mean if you're if you didn't see that particular fight where you might have been able to see some holes that alexander volkanovsky could have potentially exploited in those last two fights i'm guessing you leave that to your coaches i mean i watch a good amount I, i've seen i didn't really Watch that one the craziest. Um, I, I've seen what I had to see from him, and and uh, I, I believe, you know, we, we know we're, we're getting ourselves involved with, and um, I'm more more interested in implementing what I'm good at than worrying about, you know, just what Max Holloway does. I think a lot of people get beat mentally before they get in there, uh, going against a guy of his caliber, and uh, and we're gonna go out and, and worry about being the best cavalcator. That's what a lot of people tell me. In fact, uh, Joe Valtellini, who you've worked with in the past, has told me that, you know, sometimes you watch tape and you see a guy do great things and you go, oh, my God. And you've already kind of put yourself in the spot of the guy that that guy just beat in your head because of, of them having a spectacular performance. And Max has no shortage of those. Exactly. And then you go in there and, uh, you know, sometimes it's not what you thought it was when, you know, when you watch the film. And, and you can't let that play too much in your head. And, um uh, yeah, like I said, I've watched enough to understand what we're getting ourselves involved with. And I've watched Max, you know, most of his career anyway. He's been in a lot of big fights, uh, exciting fights. And so, uh, you know, I tune in a lot of those just just to watch the fights uh, as a fan, you know. You know, a lot of people have to do heavy lifting to promote a fight. 
I feel like you've earned the reputation that when you, you get in the cage, it kind of speaks for itself. Does that take a little bit of, I guess, weight off of your back leading up to a fight that you're not expected to talk smack about anybody? You can just kind of be you. I mean, that's that's always the best version, right, is to be yourself, be authentic. I think some of these guys try to get lost too much in hype in a fight, and uh, it doesn't come out as as it should. It's it's not definitely not authentic, and uh, it's forced almost. And it's just not the right vibe for me. Yeah, for for me, I let my fight do the talking, and uh, and you know, I got a big one obviously with Max, and it's gonna be a great fight, man. Have ABC. It's every, you know, all the all the stars are aligned for a big moment, and I couldn't be more ready. So in the interest of being authentic, is there anybody that leading into a fight you you really didn't like that you actually had a real beef with? Uh, I, you know the answer to that, man. Jeremy Stevens coming in overweight, talking all that shit. But I, I think he was – that's kind of his his thing he puts out there almost, that, you know, that, that kind of persona. But even then, I don't know if he's as bad as I make him out to be or he makes himself out to be. But, uh, you know, all the things leading in the fight didn't run me the right way, but – you know, we're on, a, we're on a Max Holloway now. Yeah, but in, in terms of him making weight, I mean, that's right before the fight. I, leading up to the fight, I, I can't recall you talking all kinds of uh, junk about him and vice versa. No, no, but the way he got the fight or trying to get it, you know, um, things leading in, uh, trying to bring me up to the matchmaker in person, and then his wife taking a picture while we were having a conversation, and then him calling me out on social media. Kind of a lot of backdoor ways of just booking a fight. Usually, the you know, old-fashioned ways have your manager reach out to the matchmaker and see if you can get it lined up. And uh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, you know, fight's booked, fight's over. And now, uh, like I said, we're, we're on a max all the way. So looking at, uh, I'm going to go to the past again, but it's not your past. It's Rob Font. His performance against Marlon Rice was absolutely spectacular. Did you expect it to be that good? I mean, you're working with this guy all the time. You know how good he is. But sometimes the lights hit. You're against a tough guy like Marlon Rice. It's difficult when you're on the shelf for that long to perform in that way. Were you? Did he exceed your expectations, even as a teammate? He always does. And my expectations for him are high, man. I think he's the best fighter, best fan and weight in the world. And uh, he was able to prove that, you know, when he went and stepped in there against number three, Marlon Rice. Uh, kid's a stud. And uh, I see it every day in the gym. He puts in the work, and it was just great to see, like you said, on fight night, him get the result he deserves. Who's in the New England cartel? I looked this up earlier. It's yourself, Rob Font, Tyson, and then you have another coach that's with you. Is that it? Is, that, is that the entire cartel? Snitch. No snitching from me. I ain't the weakest link. <laughs> but uh, but you know the main key players, man. Uh, you know We're trying to grow it to all of New England. And uh, like we say, we're marketing ourselves as Boston's fifth team. Right now, there's there's not a lot to get behind, you know, with us falling a little short of the playoffs. So we're just trying to give New England something else to get behind, and uh, and we're excited about being in the forefront of the UFC. Yeah, I mean, well, the Patriots are without Tom Brady, so I, I think that they get kind of a pass for this year. Yes, yeah, but uh, you know, they call us Title Town for a reason. Uh, you know, winning's a habit back home, and uh, we put the work in every day. We know these are, the opportunities don't come without putting in the work, and we put in the work every day. Nobody works harder. And so when big moment opportunities like this come, uh, we're not surprised, man, when, you know, when we're in them. And we just got to go out and get the job done and, uh, and then focus on the next one. So I imagine you're pretty certain here that a win over Max will make you the next guy in line. As Zabit was inactive last year, he's the last guy to beat you. Uh, or it looks like Ortega's getting the next shot. So this, with a win after, you know, after this win this weekend, are you settling for anything less than a title shot? I mean, that's, I, I think that's what I would earn, but 
we all know how that goes, you know, who's deserving and who gets it or how the rankings work. Who knows, man? Uh, like I said, those things are all out of my for you know the next in line and that's good with me uh, i just want to go out perform like i'm capable of and show why i am amongst one of the best in the world so that's one of those things that tyson handles right like you basically say to him you know if they offer me a fight that's really exciting well let's talk but i, I would like to get a title shot yeah i give tyson his percent to do my thinking for me in that aspect and handle all the relationships uh my my job is you know to get in the octagon and uh and and take care of business obviously with you know their aid and um, like I said, I feel like I have a great team around me to be able to take on these guys that are the best in the world and feel confident knowing that I can go and get the job done. Uh, so be honest with me here. It took you a while to get into the UFC. You'd been fighting for a long time on the regional scene. You'd even been running your own promotion. Uh, did you ever see yourself getting to this spot? You know, when you signed with the UFC, were you certain that you were going to be able to get to this level? Uh, you know, and as quickly as you did as well, about three, four years. Yeah, people look too far ahead. For me, it's just keep the head down, put in the work. Um, it's always the next fight. I, you know, I have goals, obviously, but um, they don't, they don't. You don't go far if you don't focus on the task at hand each day. And and that's what I, I pride myself, man. Put in the work, keep my head down, day in, day out. If you do enough good things every day, eventually one great thing's gonna happen. And uh, I live by that. And you know, I got the big opportunity in Max Holloway come the 17th in Abu Dhabi. And uh, I couldn't be more excited, man. It's just, you know, good things happen off wins. And I'm just chasing the, the life on the other side of a win over Max Holloway. How much does becoming a champion mean to you? Is this something that you've always aspired to? Or is it more about just being a competitor? Uh, you know, like you said, keeping your head down, just doing whatever's next, following, uh, you know, respecting the process and going from there. Yeah, the, the, the belt is definitely the goal, but it's more what comes with that, the influence and, and you know, the the just changing not only my life, but my family's life, my team and, and, and those around me closest to me. Um, that's the goal that comes with the belt. You know, it's, it'd be great to become champ, but more about how your life changes when you do and what you become when you get the belt, not, not really what you get. Is Tyson with you right now? I, I, I want I want you to ask him a question for me if he is. Yeah, he is. He's always not too far away. How much more New England cartel member, uh, merchandise was sold in 2020 than 2019? Well, 2019, none was sold. So. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did well this year on the merchandise. Well, we can see it. We're all rocking the cartel here. Cartel shorts, cartel hat. Tony's got the Catermania sweater on. We can't forget that. That's old school. I got the Catermania hat. We're always representing, man. Trying to trying to wear our stuff. Uh, you know, promote our stuff rather than everybody else's. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, there's a lot of really weak gear that people have made over the years in terms of MMA, but the cartel stuff is beautiful. I They're love it. I think it's great. They're not call my shit weak. No, no, I, I was, I was, I was complimenting you. I'm saying a lot. It's hard to come up with really nice looking merchandise. The New England cartel merchandise is awesome. I, I think it looks better than just about any other, uh, I guess, personalized merchandise in the sport. I think it, you guys have done a great job designing it. It's just difficult to do. No, I appreciate that, man. Like you said, we just try to keep it authentic and. Um... We're having fun with it more than anything. You know, we're just enjoying this ride. We understand that the the journey's the destination, and we're just, you know, we're just taking it all in. Well, 2020, a difficult year for a lot of people. Uh, you know, a, a tough year for a lot of people. Not for the New England Cartel. You guys have done a great job. Uh, obviously, Tyson being named the coach of the year in a lot of different places. Your success, Rob's success, and we wish you the, the best of success going forward. 
Thank you very much. And we, I like that suit, too. We got to throw a cartel logo on that suit. Look sharp. Give me like a tie bar, like a cartel tie bar, and I'll sneak that in <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I'm with it. Always good talking to you, Aaron. Appreciate the time. After more than two years away from the Octagon, we are very excited to welcome back Santiago Ponzinibbio to the UFC. Your fight style is always exciting. It's been a, a tough not having you with us, but it's a pleasure to have you back in the UFC. A big fight this weekend against uh, Yi Jing Lang. Uh, tell us about how, how it's been for you. Obviously, a very, very difficult road to recovery to get back to where you are right now. What's up, everybody? Yeah, man, that's very tough, tough months. You know, 26 months, brother. Um, I, You know, I feel all different, you know, that's very crazy time, you know, and you see the guys fighting, you can fight, I have a lot of problems, medical problems, you know, I have an infection in my blood, you know, I have a lot of uh, complications, you know, with uh, the treatment, therefore you have another problem six, six months after my infection, you know, all 2019, um, I'm fighting, you know, for, for stay healthy, that's crazy you know 2018 17 17 when i'm back in number eight in the world that's a dream for me the event in argentina the everything is perfect everything was perfect this night and you know the next year i think go to fight to the belt and i'm waiting for my life you know it's crazy time or 2019 2020 tough start the pandemic i have covid too you know for so long um, i have a couple problems and Thank God, after 26 months, I'm going to back in January 16. Yeah, how does it feel to be at Fight Week? You're in your hotel, you're getting ready to go. Uh, it must feel great to, to know that you're going to step back in there. Yeah, man, I feel great. You know, I'm, I have seen victories in Rome, and I feel in my best moment in my career. You know, my mind, my body, everything. You know, I, I'm, I feel in the prime. Um, I'm going to knock him out this guy, man. I, I feel I'm going to... I'm going to injure this guy, you know, I punch you so hard, you know, I, I have a lot of tough moments in my last 26 months, you know, and somebody need to pay for that, you know, this is not personal, but, you know, he's stopping my, in front of, in front of me, you know, in the octagon, is the best mistake he can do in all your career, you know, that's the biggest mistake, I said the fight with me, you know, I'm going to injure him, I knock him out this guy, and I'm back to the top, man, I, I know. I'm going to champion this division, you know. I know that, you know. And the 21, I'm running for my belt. You know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the people that do the rankings, a lot of them have a very short memory. And they, they removed you from the rankings because of inactivity as a result of your illness. Uh, the last person you beat was Neil Magny, who's in the main event this Wednesday, right? So if you get of a win course. here, you should be right back in the top 10. I just hope that the people that are doing the rankings remember what you've done in this division. Brother, listen. Quickly, I explain quickly. You know, I'm beating Gunnar Nelson, number eight in the world, and number 13. I go to number seven. I won, I finish in 82 seconds, number seven. They give me my pair. He's coming winning, never lose. In this moment, just only one lose, but they, they, in the best moment, the him carried. I take this fight. When I take his number 15, I beat him. I move to number 10 in the ranking behind. You know, I need to move to forward to number six minimum. After that, I beat in another main event and number eight in the world. By knockout again, you know, the number 10, I moved to number seven, but I deserve to stay in the top five, minimum, you know. I, 
my last three fights twice, I no come out. I finished the number eight in the world. I won the performance of the night and both, you know. And I think I doing my 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 work well, you know. And all my fight you can see is if I is in the prime, if I'm in the coming in good moment in the hit career, you know. I never take a ex champion, old guy. Maybe you know he's not in the best moment. No, all always tough guy. You know, Goran Nelson when I fight with me is in very good moment, coming the victories. Mike Perry too, Nordin Italev, you know, um, Zach Cummings when it coming, you know, tough guy. You know, yeah, I beat them. All this guy, you know, and realistic, I said that, but I I know the rankings don't make any sense, but in the same way, we need to stay in the top five for going to opportunity for the bet, you know. Um, hopefully, I finish this guy and knock him out, Jinglan Lee, and after that, hopefully, I, I go to the top 10, close to the top five, you know, for make a, a good fight, big fight, I can go to my bed, you know, this I. I wish this happened, you know, but I can control that. But for sure, I can put a good show January 16th. And this is what I'm going to do. Well, I imagine it's been hard for you to get a ranked opponent in your current spot because people say, you know, yeah. they see Santiago Ponzinibbio number eight in the world. Okay, well, I'll, I'll face him. Maybe I can get into the top 10. Now you've got no ranking. So people that are in the top yeah. 10 are probably terrified of, of signing to fight you because not only are you risking your no ranking, rank. you're also unranked, but you should be ranked. Yeah, you're right, 100%. This is my manager who told me we have a lot of problems to take a ranking, guys. They know I won the best of division, same victories in a row. And when I number seven in the world, it's more easy. But right now, no ranking guy. This guy that's tough. But, you know, thank God this guy take the fight. And I'm I going to smash Jinglan Lee. I'm back to the top, man. Yeah, so when you hear that your opponent, uh, Muslim Salikov, is out of the fight, does your heart drop? You must have been uh, very worried about whether or not you're going to be able to get back in there as soon as you would like to. Yeah, my, listen, what I say for you, for say, say, give me somebody. I don't care who. I don't care about the rankings. Give me somebody to can fight. If you can put the fight before, better. For I say I'm ready for December, November, you know, and they difficult opponents, maybe this, maybe other, no, and don't. They, they they push me, you know, they're, they're going to push me. But I am I ready. I have a lot of problems, you know. This year I broke my toe and I have COVID one month. and But I am ready to to back to the end of September. And supposed to be going to fight in September in Vegas, the October in Abu Dhabi, and November in December in Vegas. They, they, they move them. They move the fight, you know. And it, they say, okay, January 16th, move in Salikova. I say, okay, let's go. And suddenly go out the, the fight and say, fuck, man, maybe they push me more. I say, listen, the only I like, they give me an opponent for January, same date, or before, December. For I am ready, I need to fight. And take God, Jing and Lee, take the fight. You know, he, I think he's going to fight in December and the opponent take COVID, anything on like that. And he come in training, that's good fight, man. And, and I know I'm going to fight with him three weeks before the fight, you know, that's good. Yeah, you must be happy that he accepted the fight because, you know, a lot of these people are, are newcomers to the UFC. They just want to get a shot at anybody so that they can get a job. But Li Jinglang is a guy that's been on the cusp of the top 15. He's a guy that if you beat him, it will make a statement. No, of course. That's a good name. He got a positive record in UFC. He got a really good fight. He finished a... Eliseo Capoeira, when he coming with seven victories in a row, he not come out, you know. He's danger. He's tough guy, you know, but... Uh, I really believe I am better than him. I'm going to finish him. And 
realistic. If I finish here well, you know, I deserve to stay in the in the top the top ten, close to the top five again, brother. During your time off, you decided to change management. You're now represented by Dominance MMA. What made you decide to uh, shift management uh, during your time away? Oh man, I am. I not feel good with my last manager. I have a couple of problems, you know. I never have problems with UFC, and I will start with a couple of problems with UFC. And I, I, I decided to to make a change, you know. And I I go with the best manager in the world, man. I think Ali is the best manager, and uh, and I start to represent with him right now. So when you said you were having some problems with the UFC, what what were the issues that you had to overcome? communication, bad communication, you know, I'm, I'm a fighter, you know, I'm a fighter, I I need to train and, you know, and do my fight, do my weight, and do what I need to do the fight, and the other rest is the manager, man, there are a lot of different things, you know, they, they represent, they make money for you, you know, for the take sponsor, and they put a good communication with UFC, you know, listen, I have 15 fights for this company, I want 13 fights, I have seven victories in a row. When they give me main event, I put the show. I finish. No command my opponents. I won the bonus. All my fight is exciting. Always. I never have problem with USADA. I never have problem with the weights. Man, I am boy scout for UFC. You know, I always take all five. You know, that's... Uh, that's you know, and, and and sometimes we have bad communication for I have an injury. He, you know, and... And this create a couple of problems, but right now it's fixed everything. Right now it's everything good. You know, I'm so happy to back and I changed the pace. You know. Well, the reason why you're a boy scout is because you're gente boa. You're a nice man. That's what gente boa means, correct? Yeah, gente boa. That's the nickname they give me in Brazil. You know, for a big rivalry, Argentina Brazil, in the reality show, and the people say, "Oh, this Argentina is a good guy." That's gente boa. <laughs> you know, and this is start my nickname. You know. But now my nickname changed. My my nickname is Argentine Tiger. Well, that's a little scarier than the nice guy, the Argentine Tiger. I can understand why you changed your nickname. Yeah, man. That's that's. I think you know. I never put my nickname. The people give me, you know, in Argentina, Rasta. When I go to Brazil, the people say Chinchiboa, and you know, the Argentine Tiger. They have a a culture from Argentina. You know, for the gauchos, the people they live in Argentina, the culture of Argentina. They use a dagger always, you know, and they fight with the daggers and represent a lot of my culture. And in the fight, the Argentina with uh, Inglaterra for the Malvinas, the people they go in the plane is the dagger, you know, and their guy, they make uh, great things in this war, you know, with nothing. They have, they don't have gasoline in the, in the, in the planes. They don't have nothing and they great job, you know, they, they want to the Inglaterra with uh, in this part in the world and there there are the daggers you know and about that you know i represent my culture i changed my name to my nickname to argentine and dagger so it's dagger not tiger i said argentine and tiger i'll, I'll correct myself no, no, dagger, dagger, dagger dagger yeah <laughs> argentine yeah well it's certainly nice to have you back it's uh it's good to see a smile on your face the fight's coming up i'm sure that regardless of who the ufc put in front of you uh, i wouldn't want to be them and I know that you will take on anybody in this division. So it's good to have you back. It's yourself, uh, Li Jing Lang. It's going to be on ABC, uh, they recently announced. It's going to be on, on basic cable in the U.S. That must be very exciting for you because you're, you, you need the attention back uh, on you and your fantastic fighting style. 
Thank you, man. Man, I'm so excited to back to the octagon. You can see my smile. I'm so happy to stay here, man. Hopefully, the, everything is going well. You know, to the second the fight happened. Yeah, I can show it to the world, man. I want the best fighters in this division. I make exciting fights. I'm back to the top again. Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure speaking with you, and best of luck this Saturday. Thank you, my man. The first interview edition of the TSN MMA show is in the books for 2021. A big thank you to our guests, Max Blessed Holloway, the former featherweight champion of the world. Calvin Cater, looking to become a future featherweight champion should he beat Max Holloway and earn potentially a title shot against the winner of Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky. And of course, a, a big thank you to Santiago Ponzinibbio. Great to have Ponzinibbio back. Because, uh, you know, at the 170-pound division, very few guys hit as hard as this man. And I really hope that those, like I said, that Ponzinibbio, those who do the rankings, remember that this guy was ranked number eight when he was removed from the rankings. If he wins this fight, you've got to put him in the top ten. I, I, I know that he's been on the shelf for some time, but, you know, in fairness, this is a guy who's beaten Neil Magny. This is a guy who's beaten Mike Perry. I've beaten a lot of big names at 170 pounds. And uh, Li Lang is a guy that's been on the cusp of the top 15 for a long time in the welterweight division. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That's one that uh, I think is being a little bit overlooked going into the first event of the year with UFC Fight Night. Fight Island, the first one of the year. Max Holloway, Calvin Cater. So thank you very much for tuning in. This has been the TSN MMA Show Interview Edition, and we'll be back next week with more great interviews. We've got people that are going to be competing on the Wednesday card. January the 20th, headlined by Neil Magny and Michael Chiesa. We should be speaking to both of them. And then, of course, there's the main event of UFC 257. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, hoping to speak with both of them. And we'll have the annual odd segment with the boss man himself, UFC President Dana White. So keep looking uh, at your your subscriber feeds or whatever, what, what have you, in your podcast app. Keep hitting refresh. It'll be there eventually, I promise. And uh, thanks for tuning in.